Hello, Leapers and fellow travelers. Welcome back to Fate's Wide Wheel Quantum Leap Podcast with Sam and Dennis. I am your host this week, Sam. Dennis is taking a little bit of a break. Well-deserved. Sometimes I think we all need a moment to just take a step back uh, and... Pay attention, focus on other things that are equally important, uh, if not more important, than this old podcast of ours. Dennis and I were talking earlier today, actually, and one of the things I said to him is that right now it is actually great for me to be able to have something like this to focus on. Uh, So... I'm thrilled to be able to present to you our audio version of our interview with editor Piper Cruz. Of course, she edited the finale, Judgment Day, as well as a number of other episodes throughout the course of the season. We'll talk about all of those in the interview as well, of course, Judgment Day, and just what her day-to-day duties are like, uh, what an editor's job really is, and get into kind of the nuts and bolts of certain activities and, you know, get in specifically, uh, of course, with certain things that she's done over the course of the season on episodes and how things might have changed even, you know, at the 11th hour. Um, which is fun and exciting and uh, hopefully a unique perspective that we've not necessarily gotten a whole lot of over the past, gosh, what are we at like now? Nine months or so since the show premiered, Um, which is mind boggling. Gosh, I guess it hasn't even been that long. It's been more like what, seven months? Whew. It feels longer in some ways, Um, but it's been lovely to have something like this to focus on, and so I'm thrilled to be able to join you solo this week and just talk a a little bit before we get to the interview, Um, and the first thing that I want to do is I just want to express my deepest gratitude to everyone who took the time to comment uh, and send me their... uh, their wishes, their, their, their empathies, their sympathies, um, after the passing of my father, it's been an interesting time to say the very least. And of course I tried to put into words some of what I was feeling last week, uh, on the brief episode uh, that we dropped. Um, and uh, the, the response to that and the response of course, to, uh, the, the message that I shared, um, after his passing has just been so supportive and meant so much to me. Um, I'm so grateful for that. I'm touched by it and I feel, I feel lifted up, um, which right now is something that I could definitely use. Um, and you all made me feel good when I wasn't feeling so good. So thank you so much for that. I truly appreciate it. And, um, I'm, I'm not going to forget it. Um, and it honestly makes me want to work even harder, um, at not just doing a podcast about a show that we love, but finding ways to have it, um, have a meaningful impact, uh, in multiple ways and multiple levels. And I'll continue to try to, to pay that forward. Um, I think it's something that we all deserve and I'd like to think it's the type of thing that Sam or Ben would do. Speaking of Sam and Ben would also want you to take a look in the world around you and find the things locally, nationally, globally, um, that we might be able to set right that we see as going wrong. And if there is a charitable cause that, uh, is near and dear to your heart, um, you know, support it if you can, if you're able. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to be monetarily, right? Like there's a lot of other ways that you can, you can share, information, um, with others that might be able to, to do so, uh, or you can volunteer if you have the time. So there's a number of ways. It doesn't always have to be financial. 
And there are a number number of causes out there, obviously, that mean a, a lot to us uh, right now, and especially in the world uh, as it stands. So, um, if after you've done all that, and you are indeed able and willing, and you want to support us, that is awesome, and we will certainly put it to good use to try to do good things with this particular podcast. Um, you can do that, of course, by joining our Patreon with a monthly donation. Uh, find us at Fates Wide Wheel on Patreon or a one-time donation at Fates Wide Wheel on Buy Me a Coffee. Speaking of, I certainly want to thank everyone who already does that. Thank you so much, patrons. We really do appreciate it. It helps keep the lights on, and it's soon going to help me to make some upgrades uh, on the technology department now that I've got my studio set up. In fact, I'm actually recording in my studio for the very first time. I'm not in a basement. I'm not on a couch. I'm actually sitting at a small desk in the middle of my room in a chair, an actual desk chair, uh, and I hope to make a few improvements along the way, um, some, some quality of life improvements that will hopefully enhance your enjoyment of the show and make uh, recording the show even easier. So a special thank you to Al's Place Elite Fansite, Bourbon and Board Games, Carolyn, Cosplay Dad, Joanne Bartlett, Dana Bias, Rich Bork, Chris, aka Brackmang, Kevin, Kevin Butcher, Carol Davis, Dan Tuig, Dex Lower, Dermot Devlin, Barry Donovan, Brian Dreadful, Troy Evers, Larry Ganny, Jason Geis, Kelly M, Michelle Hoffman, Amy Holtkamp, Lori Johnson, Bess A. Corey, Lady Eternal, Rob Nunn, Oddly Specific with Audra, Christopher Redman, Adrian Saul, Karen Saxon, Jerry Seward, Mike Stouffer, Heather Strabiak, Damon Sugamelli, Larry Trujillo, Stuart Williams, Jill Wilson, and all of our anonymous patrons. Thank you all so much. I still, it's the first time I've actually read the names. Dennis usually does that, and it's still pretty mind-boggling to me, and I appreciate you all very, very much. And as always, of course, a special shout-out to Jessica Conger and Betsy Freimeyer, who are our spouses and provide vital child care while we record our show, among many, many, many other showings of support uh, and comfort. Um if you uh, have any feedback for us, uh, you want to reach out, you want have something you want to say, uh, something that you want us to read on the air, so to speak, send us an email over at fateswidewheelpodcast at gmail.com or come find us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, any of the social media channels. We also have our TikTok, which Dennis usually curates, so it's been a little dormant recently just because, like I said, he's taking some well-deserved time uh, off. Uh, there's not a lot of news to report right now, so it's the perfect time for him to do so. Um we would love to hear from you uh, always, and certainly over the summer, hoping to have multiple ways to get people uh, together again, do some more watch party type things uh, for our Patreon uh, patrons, as well as just open things up in general so that we can get some more voices being heard. Um, I think it's so important that, that we get those uh, voices uh, out there. Uh, and, and as such, of course, we hope that you're supporting the other amazing content providers out out there, like of course the Quantum Leap podcast, uh, they they keep putting out some really wonderful content. Um, and Matt Dale, uh, of course, is getting ready to release the second edition of Beyond the Mirror Image. Uh, without which, uh, the first edition probably we would not be doing this podcast. Um, or if we if we did, it would probably not have been as informed the first time around. Um, so very much looking forward to that. Uh, of course, uh, supporter Damon Sugamelli. 
Kelly, uh, also has been producing some awesome content um, that uh, I think everybody should check out. Uh, and Dennis actually guested recently on the uh, episode covering Judgment Day, the season finale. So uh, check that out if you are so inclined. And of course, anyone who's out there uh, writing a blog, uh, making a podcast, shooting a video, whatever the case might be, and sharing that content. Um, I just think it's so fantastic that there are so many voices contributing to the community and to the fandom. It's only going to make us stronger, and it is only going to raise awareness for this show that we love. Uh, whether we came to it through the classic series, we're new to it here with the new series. We have a love for both. We have a love-hate relationship, whatever the case might be. Um, I think it's worth taking the time uh, to to let everyone know that we're listening, that we're paying attention in any way that we can. Um, and uh, I, I really, 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 really just want to say thank you so much to everyone who has been with us, whether it's from day one or this is the first time you're listening to us, in which case I'm kind of sorry because I'm sort of rambling here. But uh, I, I'm so grateful for just the listenership. Um, you know, w- without people to listen to, we're just two folks you know, shouting into the void about this wonderful little show that we do love so dearly and has impacted us in a number of ways. And certainly, as I continue to deal with all the facets of grief and mourning, I am definitely reminded of lessons that I learned uh, during the classic series and have continued to even learn in mine in the new series, especially as I have come to embrace my own identity and to embrace uh, my own mental and emotional health journey. Um, it's been incredibly comforting, and uh, I, I think that we're so fortunate to have a talented cast and crew working so hard on this iteration of Quantum Leap, and I cannot wait to see what's in store for us in season two. But before we get there, let's talk more about season one with editor Piper Cruz. Of course, like I said, she worked on Judgment Day and numerous other episodes throughout the course of the first season. Had a lot of fun with this interview. It's just the two of us. Dennis was unable to join for that. So again, you're really just getting... Uh, me solo th- this particular week. Um, but stick around after the interview's over and uh, I'll uh, I'll say goodbye in, in, in that way that I love to do. Um, but <laughs> I hope that you enjoy this interview. I had a lot of fun uh, conducting it and Piper was so generous and uh, just fantastic with the responses that she gave and, and really, I think, uh, shined a light on uh, a corner of the creation of this show that we're not nearly as familiar with as we are with perhaps other aspects of it. So uh, uh, again, let us know what you think. You can hit us up at fateswidewheelpodcast at gmail.com, or of course, you can head over to Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. But now, without further ado, enjoy interview with Piper Cruz, editor for Quantum Leap. Piper, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. I, I, you know, I just want to say thank you to Nan Rissa for connecting us. That was so cool of her. She is so great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she she was so generous with her time, and then obviously, you know, getting getting us connected was super kind too. And yeah, um, I know she doesn't generally listen to these things, but just in case. I want to tell her thank you because uh, I thought that was very cool of her. <laughs> um, so you are an editor um, and and working on Quantum Leap. And uh, I believe you said you'd edited four episodes this season. Is that right? Yeah. Gosh, how many? Well, it's three, six, nine, twelve. 
15, so, and then 18, so six. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Excellent. Um, so for those that don't know, and that includes me, like I have like a basic knowledge, you know, just from school and that sort of stuff. Uh, um, but, uh, for the uninitiated, what exactly is your job? Okay. So I'm technically, I'm a picture editor because you have sound editors also, and they do another job, but, um, but a picture editor, what we do is we get all the footage in as they're shooting, like, a day in the picture editor's life would be like, they shoot the footage and then we get it the next day. And then we cut the footage um, to tell the story. So we cut scene by scene. So whatever scenes they shot the day before we cut the next day. Um, And then essentially we build the whole show. Um, We do like temp sound editing as well. Like, so that essentially so that we can, um, you know, express the desires of the, of, you know, the story Mm -hmm. or for when the real sound editors come in and do their awesome work. Right. Um, and we do temp score, we do like all the temp sound effects. So we do all that stuff too. temp VFX. Um, so basically our job is to create the story, uh, in the vision of the showrunner, um, is the ultimate goal. Okay. And and so by taking it sort of day by day, like whatever they've shot that day, when you get to, you know, say the end of the week, um, what's involved in actually, you know, kind of putting the episode total together out of that day by day work? So basically, it's like you you have your this, it, a shoot in any television series typically is eight to 10 days mm. um, for per episode. Mm. Um, that's just like for a normal, just like run of the mill, like, you know, network show. Um, sometimes it's seven days. There were episodes on this season that we had seven day shoots. Um, and so we get, depending on the schedule, you have that many days to cut and then you might have some extra days after that. Usually you can have like that the most, usually it's like four days, um, to get the full cut ready, um, for, and then that's called the editor's cut. Okay. Um, so you, you basically in the editor's cut, you're, there's different rules on the show, but generally, or depending on the show, but generally on an editor's cut, you include everything that was in the script, everything as it was shot. You're not allowed to like say, oh, we don't need that. Oh, we sure. don't need that. Um, okay. um, so you have to include everything. Okay. And then that will go to the director. And then you work with four days with the director for four days. Okay. Um, and then once that's done, it's the director's cut and then it goes to the showrunner. All right. And then you work with the showrunner and then it goes to the studio and the network and they all give their notes <laughs> anyway. So it's like, so it's basically, it goes through several rounds of notes before you get to the final product. <laughs> okay. Oh, that, no, that, that is fascinating. Um, because I, you know, we've, we've had the pleasure of talking with Dean George Harris before and Dean has told us a little bit about like kind of that part of the process, especially with like the, you know, giving notes or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, but it, so it's fascinating to me that it does kind of, you know, go before so many eyes before you get to what we see you know, every week, um, about like how many like minutes or hours of footage are you dealing with on a day-to-day basis? Oh, it depends. Honestly, on this show, it's a lot. This show is a big show. You have a lot going on (laughs) all the time in every single episode. (laughs) Like even We're like, we're going to do like a chiller episode. And then it's still like, you know, you, Jen's the hologram, which is something right. Really different, right? You know? right. So it's like you're always so it, it it always depends. Um, you know, I had some, and then also a lot of this stuff is shot. Some of it's shot um in slow motion. 
like at a, at a, at a lower frame rate okay. or a higher frame rate. And so then, um, so then the, the footage is also converted to like real time. So you have options uh, okay. to, to move between. So you can get hours and hours and hours of footage if they shot it all, you know, in slow yeah. motion, like the boxing episode I did one Oh three, like that almost all of those, like all those boxing scenes were shot in slow motion. So I wow. had just so much footage <laughs> for that episode. I think that one was the most for sure. Um, but wow. then you have all the fight scenes and a lot of the fight scenes were all shot in, you know, slow motion as well. So you mm-hmm. have moments like that too. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, well, cause I, I am, all, I'm always curious, you know, we see 42 minutes, right. You know, over an hour block of television, mm-hmm. but knowing that, yeah, there's, you know, seven to eight days uh, of production generally on these episodes when they're filming, I, I you know, you've got to be looking at, at potentially like, you know what, like 70 hours worth of it. Now, some of that stuff, obviously they're not going to use and some of that stuff, you know, maybe it's not quite that much. I might be exaggerating, but like, but yeah, but, but, you know, it's, it's a lot of stuff. Um, now when you, when you get the, the stuff from a day's, uh, shoot, do you already have stuff that's kind of been earmarked, you know, by, by the director for, you know, Oh, we want to use this or, you know, we're thinking this and that sort of stuff, or is it really kind of just up to your eye to take, you know, to get the best, you know, the best takes the best footage that you have? Um, so with all of that, you get paperwork, um, with like, it's like a line script and you get notes and stuff. So some, some directors will definitely be like, this is my favorite. This is mm-hmm. not my favorite. And so then the, the scripty will mark that in there. And so I have that available to me. Some directors don't really care to do that, you know, to get so explicit. Some are very explicit. So it really <laughs> depends on the director. Okay. <laughs> um, but honestly for television, because, the director is not the end all be all. And it's, it's the vision of like the overall show and it's the showrunner's vision. Like I always go with what I think and know that the showrunner likes. Mm. Um, of course there's going to be like a lot of those like special shots that directors like to get. Sometimes there's like, Oh, here's the cool sweeping wide. And like, Oh, here's the really cool, like in this episode, the, the, the like kind of gyroscope episode. Yeah. That was really cool. Shot. Yeah. 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 Like, so of course in that, I'm like, okay, I'm putting that in because I know the director wants to see that shot in the cut. Yeah. Like it's just obvious that they shot it for a reason. They're going to want to see it. <laughs> yeah, sure. So a lot of times I'll put that stuff in, even if like, I think it might not make it to the final, like, cut i'm still gonna put it in so the director can at least see it because they're gonna ask me for it anyway (laughs) (laughs) now are there some directors because it seems like on the show that there are definitely directors that like chris grismer for instance who have directed multiple episodes they're around but then you have other directors that might just be kind of come in and do one episode are are there some directors that might not necessarily stick around as long as others and does that you know and how does that work or or is everyone pretty much there through the director's cut so every television show um has like a producing director chris grismer is our producing director on this show so it's like a director who's also producer they are in charge of multiple episodes and they kind of are like the point person um for directors so like if somebody they can guide the other directors to like if they have questions about like the look of the show or if they need to have a second unit go out and shoot like pickups or something um, Chris Grismer will go out and shoot that stuff so the director can shoot their stuff, you know? So it's, it's okay. like, um, it's like, um, a, a guide and somebody who knows the look of the show really well. And so mm-hmm. most directors will only do like one episode or they'll be asked for like back for a second season, you know? So, uh, but the producing director will usually do multiple episodes. Okay. Oh, okay, cool. Um, and, and, and as far as like with this episode, with the finale, um, 
because that's someone you've worked for before, did you find the process of getting to that director's cut easier just because you knew by the time you got to your editor's cut that it was probably going to be in line with what Chris wanted? Yeah. And also at at this point, like by the, you know, at the beginning of a season of a first season show, you're all kind of figuring out what it is, right? Like you're kind of discovering it. Um, what, what is the look of the show? What's the feel show? How do we tell the story? How do we do, what does an HQ scene look like versus like a Ben Leap scene? You know, like there's kind of formulas for all of it by Mm -hmm. the time you get to a certain point, you know, like halfway through the season, you should have a pretty good idea of what the show is at that point. And so by the time we're at 18, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I could like cut the show in my sleep sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, no, that... But one other thing about 18, too, that was really interesting is that it was like going into it, I read the script and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be a lot. But then (laughs) when I cut it, I realized it actually was pretty straightforward because it's all of our people that we always have. It's HQ. It's like we don't have any like guest actors, you know, like it was really straightforward storytelling wise because it's just this is quantum leap. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that you say that because one of the questions I was thinking about earlier about asking you is because of the nature of the episode and kind of the timey wiminess, like I'm sure obviously that, you know, going into it, like where stuff goes yet, because there are some scenes that are very similar to other scenes, just the nature of Ben's like, you know, leaping around. Did you ever have a moment where you're just sort of like, wait, did I put this in the right place? Or was this the scene from before? Or- yeah, well, so usually what happens is like how I work and every editor works different is like, so I cut scene by scene and I keep them in the in the Avid program that I use. Like I mm-hmm. keep them separated by scenes. Okay. And then when I get really close to like, maybe there's only one day of shooting left, I'll start to really start to build it out. And then, so then I get a like, start to get the overall view of the episode and how it's playing. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, um, so, so at that point, you know, then I'm looking at the script and I'm like, put it, but I always like, I always get nervous about if I have the scenes in the right order. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like you think you put it in the right order and then it, you didn't. And then it's just a mess. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah I definitely had to double check this episode a few times that I was like, okay, this, then this, then this. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there are definitely some moments that I think even for the viewer where you, you know, you're just sort of like, okay, when am I, you know, am I, am I here now? Am I there now? Yeah. Um, in particular, like as you get towards the the finale of the finale. Um, so when it comes to uh, like putting it all together, do you find sometimes that you'll, you know, you'll edit a scene, like you were just saying, and you'll have like the scenes together and you'll look back and you'll think, oh, you know, in the context of this moment, this actually works better. So maybe I should go with a different thing or, or does it usually kind of work out in such a way that the scenes just flow naturally, you know, by the end of the week? Yeah, usually like, um, like performance wise, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's like, I, I cut the scene how I, how I think it's good. But then once I, once I look at it in the context, I'm like, oh, maybe Ben doesn't need to be so upset here. Or maybe, sure. you know, at the, like looking at it in, in the whole bigger picture of the story, like, oh, maybe his performance should be a little bit less. Maybe Addison needs to be a little hotter, you know, like, it's mm. just like, like that, that can come up for sure in that point in the process. And the other thing too, is like, because this episode in particular is very intercutty, meaning you're going from like one scene and like with Ben, right? And then you go to HQ where they're watching, right? And then you go yeah. to Ben still in that same scene and then you go to HQ still watching, right? And yeah. so like when we get those, those are all individual like 
little scenes, right? Wow. And so I'm cutting the little scenes, but when I don't have the scenes around it, I don't mm-hmm. know what shot I'm coming off of from the previous scene. So I'm sure. thinking about what shot I'm going to start on for this scene. Like if I'm start ending on a close up in the previous scene, I'm not going to want to start on a close up in the next scene. Right. So once I start building it, some of those, you know, I'll need to change like how we get into or out of a scene, yeah. like just because the shots, I don't know what they're shooting for some of those before I have them, you know? Yeah. So you mentioned that, you know, going, if you end on a close up, you don't want to start on a close up. Can you talk a little bit about why? Uh, it's jarring to the viewer basically. Yeah. And sometimes that's, you want to do that. Sometimes that's a thing that you want to do. Like in 15, we did that on purpose. Um, when Ben is going to like do the speech at the end, um, the closing argument, mm-hmm. we go from like kind of a close up to a close up on the other side. That yeah. was on purpose. You know, there's like, there's times when you want to do that and it's called like a match cut. Okay. Um, and then, but just as a general editing rule, it's just jarring for yeah. to see that you get confused where you are. Right, right. Well, and I can I can only imagine that obviously when you're hopping from yeah. different like time zones, if you will, that yeah, that that would be really confusing because it's like, wait a minute, am I? Especially knowing that Ben's in the project, right? It's right. kind of like in my past project or present project, or yeah. you know, yeah. Well, and this one actually, they, we do have a really cool cut like that where it's um, Martinez. It's uh, in the asylum, and Martinez they start to leap when Martinez yeah. is beating up on Ben, and it's a close with Martinez, and the leap goes off of Martinez and comes on Ben in a close up on the bridge. And that's, that was really cool how that ended up working out with the VFX and stuff too. That I really liked that, but that that was a a close up to a close up. That whole, you know, that whole fight scene I felt like was, was just so well done. Um, and, and, and was super exciting and, and, and felt like, uh, just a wonderful kind of climactic moment, you know, that had been building to, you know, for most of the season, I mean, at least since salvation or bust. And, and certainly we have a lot of information that's been given to us now that we know what the stakes are, but that said, like just the, 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 the motion of it and, and, you know, the kineticism of all that from an editor's perspective, when you're putting that together, what's, what's important to you in order to kind of really shape that, that, that picture of that fight? I was really excited to get the fights. <laughs> I was like, well, actually, like, I, I guess I should say, I wasn't necessarily really excited to get them, but once I got them, I was like, whoa, this is really cool. Like, mm-hmm. I had no idea how it was going to look, you know, like, because at the point, I can't even think, like, I think at the point where I had the script, I, they hadn't even, like, shot the battleship stuff yet or something like that episode yet. So I had yeah. no idea what any of it was going to look like. And so oh, when sure. I got that stuff, I was like, whoa, this is really cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And just, like, the way that they did it. And then, like, the lightning outside of, like, the asylum. It's really cool. Um, yeah. But, like, I guess when I go into cutting any fight, and they, the same thing with, like, the – with. One of the, with the boxing episode, my priority is to make it so that it looks real. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> big priority is that I'm like looking. I I watch all of the footage, so I like line it all up and just press play and watch it all. Okay. And then what I do, and every editor does it differently, but I take notes. So I'll say like, take blah blah blah, and then I'll say um, third punch uh, B camera. And so I'll like, I'll just write down like ones that I think look cool. And then I basically like cut the scene in my head. So I've had it half done at this point. Just then when I sit down to actually cut it into the timeline, which is, you know, where all of the footage goes, like how we build the show is called the timeline. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I'll like take all of those selects basically and put them into the timeline. And if I have two of the third punches, right, like mm-hmm. that I like, I'll put them both there. And then depending on the punches that I liked on the other side of that, like I'll have to, I'll make a decision about what angle works the best. Sure. Sure. You know, and, and also the other part of it too, is learning the choreography. Like I have to sit there cause it's not in a script anywhere. It's just like Ben and Martinez fight. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> well, then I'm sitting there and I'm watching and I'm like, okay, so they do two punches and then a third and then a flip and then a pull. And then like, so I'm learning every step that they have learned. Yeah. And then figuring out how to, you know, put that in. And then what ends up happening is I, I personally try to put everything in that I can. If I have to skip a punch, then I do. And sure. then, you know, eventually we'll end up cutting some of it out. And it's like the, the Martinez scene, in the asylum, that scene was 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 a little bit longer than what it ended up being, you know, mm. in the final, which is super common with fight scenes and stuff. Yeah, well, I can only imagine with an episode that's just so jam packed anyway. Right. Like, there's like you've yeah. got to figure out. You know, and, and speaking well, of which, oh, go ahead. Sorry, one more thing. The other thing yeah. too is the beats that happen, right? Like you have a beat where like. Well, that might have gotten cut. Well, there was a beat where Ben got up and Martinez like looks at him and then they start punching each other, right? Or like the mm. beat of like when he, Ben lands on the ground and then he sees the blood on his fist and he, or on his, on his, he takes his fist and he wipes the blood off his yeah. head, right? Like, or the moment when like Martinez is beating up the guys and he, you know, Ben goes, you are the Terminator. And then he looks and then Ben goes, <laughs> oh no. Like you have yeah. the story beats within the fights too, that you have to make sure you hit as well. <laughs> yeah. Besides just the like punching and, you know. <laughs> so speaking of which, and one of the big sort of story beats of that particular moment actually is, is the, the flashback to episode three where, yeah. uh, you know, where the brother played by John Chafin is, is, is telling him, you know, kind of what to do with the punch. Mm-hmm. Um, when you have moments like that in this show, you know, we do get flashbacks every once in a while to previous leaps. Mm-hmm. Um, is that literally just as simple as like pulling up the scene from the previous episode? Or do you sometimes maybe look at it from like, well, we didn't use this last time, but maybe we can use this this time. Yeah. So sometimes those moments are scripted and sometimes they're not. So this one was scripted. So we knew from the beginning. So I had I, you um, as an editor, you have an assistant editor as well who helps. There's no way you could finish an episode just as one person. Sure, sure. <laughs> no way. So like, I, you know, when we get the script, I'm like, OK, so then my assistant will go through and find anywhere there's a flashback and pull them for me. So I already have them very easily accessible, basically. Um, so that one we knew we were going to have. But there's like. You know, oh, at the beginning, like the little flash when um, when uh, Ian says, you know, or when they're talking about Martinez and mm. there's like a couple flashes to Martinez in the previous like moments that they met each other. Yeah, that wasn't scripted at all. That was just something that like later Martin was like, oh, let's add flashes of Martinez. Sure. That was my note. So then I went back and I picked what flashes to add of Martinez and how to do it. So, okay, that's actually interesting because when it comes to doing something like that, obviously you you have a scene that's already ongoing, right? Like there's a conversation happening between your characters and you're on that scene. Mm -hmm. Um, This might sound like a silly question, but how do you choose exactly like when to cut away from the scene that's ongoing and insert those flashbacks? Um, It's on, it depends on the show, right? It's like one of those like kind of unwritten rules of the show. Like how do you do a flashback? If you pay attention to like how you do a flashback on Quantum Leap versus how you do a flashback on another show, yeah. it's going to be different because it's just the the unwritten rules of the show or like okay. the DNA of the show. Um, so on this show, um, 
it's kind of just like somebody says the thing and you flash to the thing. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't get much more complicated than <laughs> <laughs> Sure. Sure. Well, it's I mean it's fascinating to me because and this goes back to something you were saying earlier, you know, one of the things that um because my background's in theater and you know, I worked as a professional actor in theater for about a decade and 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 that I mean I had a couple of experiences like, you know, here and there with some pilot stuff or whatever, but mm-hmm. y- you know, that's the basis for my experience. And so oftentimes like what you do in the rehearsal room and what you do collaborating with your other actors and designers, like that's kind of where it ends. But obviously in film and television, you know, from an actor's perspective, you, you, you do the performance, you know, you do the, the different takes, you approach it differently, but there, you know, there is this other huge piece of what makes the performance. And that's kind of the editor. I mean, that kind of, that is the editor, like the editor is the one that really puts that all together. So when it comes to, you know, kind of, looking at those performances and, and taking them in, like it seems to me that it's especially for an editor's cut, you really do shape the performance overall. Can you talk a little bit about what goes into that? Yeah. Um, I will say we're very, like, I feel very fortunate on this show that our actors are all really fantastic. (laughs) So I always have great stuff to pick from, which is fantastic. (laughs) Um, actually I was, I loved Caitlin's performance in this episode so Mm -hmm. much because I felt like she did such a terrific job of really getting in the headspace of multiple Addisons. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Like when you have past Addison, that's past Addison. Like there is no residual, like, you know, future hologram Addison, like in that version of that character, like whatsoever. She nailed it. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, But it was really fun because like, Comedic performances, those are always my favorite, like, <laughs> too, because it's like, you'll just watch. I mean, the rule with picking for comedy is like, you watch, and if it makes you laugh out loud, that's the one. Or, and if nice. like none of them make you laugh, you bring somebody else in the room to watch the performances, and whatever one makes them laugh, that's the one you pick. Like, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, and like, the thing is on this show, because everyone does such a really good job, like, we don't actually end up like, changing the performances very much from from the beginning because they're they just nail it like they just really do a really great job yeah. um but like i said like the the thing that can happen though is it's like oh if you look at the overarching story it's like oh wait how would you know addison be feeling about ben at this point in this sure. episode right like like and then you have like um especially when you have like the you know the time that she turns and she has the gun right it's like that that like oh when he's trying to like get the gun away from her like trying to like I tried to play that like it like as if you know he might actually convince her you know to not shoot right yeah right yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. He shoots right you're kind of like oh he's he's breaking through a little bit <laughs> right right I I mean I was surprised when she was she shot I was like yeah. I was just, I mean I thought that that was a really cool a really cool moment overall just yeah, everything like, about it <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's gonna break through and then and you know and you kind of see it a little bit and then it totally doesn't even go the you know the right direction but yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, but it's stuff like that that's like really fun where it's like, oh, what would this person be feeling? How funny do we play things? You know, that's always a conversation um, on this show in particular because there's a lot of comedy on this show. Yeah. Um, and like really cute little com, you know, the date scene is one of my, that was one of my favorites <laughs> uh, actually. That was really yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you, are, are there times when you're looking at the footage and like, you know, you have these little variations like, you know, oh, they seem really happy here. Oh, they're not as quite as happy in this take or, or whatever. Um, are there times that things like just immediately stand out to you and it's like, well, I have to use this and you might shape the rest of it around that moment. 
Yeah, I think um, like with that date scene, there were things that I really liked because they ad libbed a lot of that. Um, okay, or like they did like variations of a lot of that, you know, yeah. or you know, Caitlin's performance of like, well, we haven't even had dessert yet, you know, like that <laughs> was always different. But I always go for the one that makes me laugh, and usually it ends up working out, you know, yeah. working itself out, you know. And the same thing with like. Um, you know, the Mongolian beef and like all of, all of, um, Raymond's performances were yeah. all different, very different. And, you know, I just like to go with my gut for that stuff. Um, but there are, you know, there have been times too, where it's like, oh, I really liked this performance when I watched the dailies, but then mm. as I'm cutting the scene, like actually putting it together, I realized, oh, you know, that scene where like Ben's crying, it's too much. It's too mm. like, you know, there was a scene, um, in nine in particular that I can think of where they're in the alleyway um, mm-hmm. and they almost get hit by, well, before they, after, before they get hit by the car. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah. The yeah. car comes after them in the alleyway and they have like the moment yeah. um, where he's talking to, to her, but to Carly, but actually Addison. Yep. Yeah. I love <laughs> you know, that. Like there were, there were, you know, variations of, of Raymond's performances in there where I was like, I'm going to use this one. And then I went to do it and I was like, it's too much. And they like had mm. to pull it back, you know? So sometimes, yeah. It's just in the context of the scene itself, even it's just like, yeah, that's not the right choice. And you figure it out as you go. So do you think that that's a lesson to all actors aspiring or otherwise listening to this right now, that it is so important to, to like, to be bold with your choices, obviously, but also to change it up, to, to explore as much as you can, as opposed to locking yourself into one thing. Yeah. It's so interesting. Cause there's some people that are like variation, give me all the variation. And then some people were like, no, you want to keep it like, <sighs> you know, like make yeah. sure you like get it, you know? And I honestly, like, it's always good. Like, Okay, so again, speaking to the comedy on the show is it's like they'll do comedic, but they'll usually also give like a really straight one, too. Mm, So we always have like the option to do the really goofy one or the middle one or the like pretty straight one. Right. And and also with the emotional scenes, too, it's like usually there's like a little bit emotional, really emotional and like crying, you know. And so like we usually have variations like that. Those are always I think I personally think it's always good to have those to choose from. Um, but you know, also you're on a network show, you're up against really tight deadlines and you don't have a lot of time. So sometimes you get one take. And that is what you get. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, yeah, you know, and it's funny because that's something that, you know, producers that we've spoken with have mentioned before about, you know, that there have been episodes where they, you know, they they had this idea that, you know, of, of what something might look like, especially when it comes to some of those big, like, establishing shots or whatever, like Salvation or Bust. And then mm-hmm. when it gets time to actually you know, look at the footage, it's like, we don't really actually have that. So we've got to make do with what we do have. Yeah. Um, when when it comes to stuff like that and 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 like trying to make things look big especially being a network show and there are times across the course of this season where i mean things have looked just epic you know compared to a lot of other tv shows out there yeah. um how much of that does fall on your shoulders and and working with what you have as opposed to you know the directors and and and, and the dps going out there and actually capturing that and then you know giving it to you Okay. Well, so usually those big shots are planned out ahead of time, but they, but the like, okay. So a couple of like the actual like big shots in the, in the boxing episode, Mm -hmm. um, you have, you know, like this, the little ring, there's a couple shots where the ring is so tiny and you have this wide shot with the giant crowd and all that. Right. Like the ring was actually like real size. We just shrunk it down and VFX the rest of that in, you know, but it was always known from the beginning. It was budgeted in VFX that we're going to have two shots 
you know, where we're going to do the giant stadium crowd. Right. And so Mm -hmm. then I talk with like, we have a, a, you know, our VFX people and, and discuss, okay, you have two shots in the budget. So I'm like, great, I can do that twice. So when I'm cutting the scene, I know that I can do two of those shots and I'm going to pick the best places where I think they're going to work. Right. Okay. Um, So that, you know, that's how that, you know, that one in particular worked. And on this, on this show, on this episode, the, um, the accelerator room, right? Like, yeah. So the accelerator room, so that too was like, how many shots do we get? Like, Oh, let's make them look smaller, you know, and the room look bigger, you know, there's Mm -hmm. a, this show uses a lot of magic. (laughs) (laughs) And we're not talking about Ernie Hudson's character. Um, (laughs) No, that, I mean, that is really cool though, because I feel like that, again, the show has been incredibly successful at making those, you know, making some of those moments stand out and especially the finale, you know, mentioning the accelerator room. I'm glad you did because that, that moment is, I mean, it's so grand. It's, uh, you know, it's this sci-fi epic quality of something that you would, I mean, honestly, you know, yes, they can do amazing things today, but let's face it, 20 or 30 years ago, that's a big screen moment. That's a movie moment. That's not a TV moment, you know, certainly not looking like it did, you know, on our screens for this. (laughs) Um, you know, one of the things that, uh, obviously this, the show does, which the classic series did as well, uh, although I would maybe argue not quite as well, uh, as, as the new series, but technology and time helped that, uh, is use, you know, footage from other, uh, sources. Um, and, and like in SOS, for instance, you know, a lot of that came from, from Battleship. So when it comes time to integrate that footage, what are you, what are you looking for? And how much of that is sort of planned out ahead of time to where, you know, they know exactly like we want to use this and then you build around it. Or is it a case of literally going to the source material and finding those moments and then inserting them? I am pretty sure I, I wasn't the editor on that episode, but I'm pretty sure that's what they did. (laughs) (laughs) They were like, okay, we're going to use battleship. Here's moments we can use. And this is how many minutes you can use. Right. Cause they have to make a deal for, you know, like how much they can actually use. So that all goes into it too. It's all, you know, it all comes down to money all the time. So (laughs) (laughs) that's right. Like this is how much we have budgeted. Um, so yeah, so I'm pretty sure, I mean, if it was my episode, that's what I think I would be doing. I would be going through the, thing and be you know or maybe even our like um our post crew like our post coordinator or post supervisor or something went through and found you know the moments that they could use and then pass those to the editors the editor didn't have to go through the entire movie Um, sure and a lot of times um there are people that help with stock footage in general and Mm. that's how it works so like if i need like you know a wide of like oh like um when they went to martinez's house in was that six yeah. Think, and, so, yeah. There, you know, we needed an aerial or something. And I'm like, oh, I need an aerial of a of a place daytime that looks like this city, you know, and then some people will go and like the, you know, the um, post PA and the coordinator, they'll go find a bunch of, of shots and then feed them to, to us. And we'll look at them and pick one and put it in. And then, you know, if it's approved, it's approved. If not, then we have to find something else. You know, that happens all the time. But yeah, with like the battleship stuff, like I'm sure that was exactly how they did it too. But I don't know for sure on that one. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. I I mean, it's fascinating to me too, because the way that it it does feel so seamless. And I know, I mean, Mm -hmm. I use that as an example just because they're pretty big scenes, but it felt very, very seamless. Yeah. Um, Well, and that one, I know for that, on that episode too, like there's the cool shot where the you know, that you're coming in on the ship and the things are going off and the, you know, and it's like yeah. on the ocean, the open ocean or whatever. Like that was like parked, you know, right. the bay and they like <laughs> did all of that in VFX. And it's like, I've seen the original shot and then what it turned into. And I was like blown away. <laughs> ah, that's so cool. That it, it, 
when you um you know by the time you see it with the vfx is that i mean are you seeing it that way by the time it airs basically or do you get do you see it before that um it depends on the show um like and it depends on like because every show every like TV show has a different workflow with with VFX in the okay. sense that um, most of the times the editors will get input into how the VFX looks. So like, um, you know, if we get something and then I'm like, oh, I don't really, can it swirl more or something like that, you know, give, a, give the note and then they'll, you know, do another version and send it back. Um, on this show, we are on such a tight deadline all the time and our shows are so huge. A lot of times there's not time for the editors to look at them and get a pass and they just go straight to the showrunner, you know, okay. because he just like he knows what he wants. <laughs> it's a lot yeah. more transition on this show to do it that way. <laughs> now, you know, when once it does get before the showrunner, if if there are any notes, if there is anything that needs changing, does it go back to you to do that changing or does somebody else do that? Or? Yeah, actually. OK, so. On this, on this episode in particular, because we had the accelerator room, which was like all CG, like that was a big, a really big VFX moment. And it was so, you know, core to the show. We had to yeah. really get the look right for that. So we started temping that, um, even before the editor's cut was done. That was one of the first scenes I cut. Like as soon as I got that scene, I cut it. Okay. And then we sent that scene by itself through Chris Grismer. He got to like do a round of notes with me on that. And then mm -hmm. we sent it. To Martin, and this was like before I even had the whole episode, you know, shot yeah. at that point because we just it was so so much work was going to have to be done on that that we just had to get it to the VFX people as soon as possible. So we worked on cutting that scene, and then you know, yada yada, we finished the episode, we lock the episode, and then you know, then Martin calls me. He says, "Actually, I don't <laughs> like this one shot. <laughs> Can you?" Because in the VFX, it just wasn't working how we all wanted it to. So it was like, mm. let's just change it. So in, so I think the phone call was literally like, just figure out a way and then and then I'll look at it. I'm like, okay, great. So then I like came up with a couple options on like how we could get rid of that shot and do a different thing. And then, you know, got on with him and like showed him three different options, picked the best one and then sent that off. You know, so it's okay. like, and that was after we were locked. <laughs> yeah, that, man, that's incredible. Yeah. How much time, because I know that obviously the, you know, you usually have a, a degree of lead time before the episode is going to air. But how much time generally is there from the time you lock an episode to the time that it airs? And I know it's different. I know it's oh, all yeah. the same On for this everything. Show, it's different because like, um, because the, we have COVID, you know, there's like tons mm. of stuff going on in this show and you have like, um, you have so much going on. I think actually like I locked, um, 18 in like early March. Okay. Yeah, like it was like the second week of March, according to my calendar, was when I locked it. And so they had a couple weeks, but that was also one where we wanted to get it because it was such a big VFX episode. Yeah. We wanted to get it done like as soon as we possibly could yeah. um, to give VFX time to work on it. Uh, right. But it just depends on the episode. It's usually a few weeks, though. Okay. Okay. Um, you, you mentioned earlier the ad libbing, and uh, that's something that you know we kind of were made aware of fairly early on. You know, with some of the ad libbing that happened on the show, which is awesome, exciting, and a little bit surprising because I didn't necessarily know if that would be the case on a show like this. Mm -hmm. um, you, you mentioned that you like you see the script, you read the script. When you get those ad libs in, uh, how like how much of an impact does that have on the way that you cut something together, especially based off of any preparation you might have had before you get into uh, the actual work? Well, like okay, the um, the uh, the the date scene. 
mm-hmm. that the ad lib at the end actually was was Raymond Raymond's egg rolls to Caitlin, <laughs> like how we end the scene, like the little button. Yeah. That was not in the original scene at all whatsoever. And actually it was interesting because like as I'm cutting the scene, I was like, this it didn't have like a good clear out for the scene. Mm. Like it was just like there just wasn't a good clear out. And then there was the ad lib, but I'm like, thank God. <laughs> like that's perfect. You know, yeah. it was such a little moment between the two of them, you know? And so it's like that you know, that dictated how the scene was going to end because I didn't really know what I was going to do besides that. And it's really great. I love it. Um, but there's like, you know, and this, it's the same with like, um, Oh, Mason, Mason's ad lib. (laughs) Mason is definitely the person who ad libs the most. (laughs) (laughs) And they are so good. Like, I think, I think it's, it's in seven, right? Like the emergency. Yep. I think that was an ad lib. Um, I'm not positive on that, but I think it was. Yeah, um, I think that's what we, that's what we had been told. I think. Yeah, because yeah. I watch because I I watched the dailies for that scene, and and yeah, I remember that it was like everyone just like lost it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, there's a lot of really good like yeah. Mason's really good at the ad libs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I, I think uh, now I'm I'm blanking on who it was that told us this, but I think for uh, the previous episode, there's the moment where they're in the the cockpit with uh, with Raymond Ben, and apparently some of that was also uh, ad libbed as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm um, sure. No, they, Raymond ad Raymond ad libs a lot too. Yeah, it's not, yeah. and it's not like you know, like a you know, some some shows are just like almost completely ad lib. Like it's not to that extent, but it's just sure. Like, Every once in a while, they'll throw a little something, something in there. And, you know, most of the time it actually works really well. And it makes it, in, at least in my episodes, it usually makes it into the cut. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Because one of the things, and this is a sense that we've gotten in the conversations that we've been fortunate enough to have with people working on the show. Mm-hmm. And I could be completely wrong. And so feel free to dispel this um, with your other experiences. But it seems like the collaborative spirit on this show might be a little notch above what it is on other shows and to the to the fact that like Nanrissa for instance the whole reason that she connected us is because she said that she had kind of wanted to see what you were doing and wanted to be you know involved especially with with her uh being the hologram and stuff um what what impact has that sense of collaboration had on you and do you think that that is the case that the show does seem a little bit more collaborative than others you've worked on it is really cool the thing that is different on this show than any show that I have personally done is that like we have offices at universal, but our offices are in with production. Usually post is like put off in some like office away from everyone and everything all the time (laughs) because nobody cares about us. And you know, we get forgotten about now that's what it is. And we're just used to it. But like, my office is right next to costumes, you know, which is like right next to production design. Actually, there's like, I think one of the production designers is like right across my hall from me, you know, and it's like getting to see like other and meet other departments Mm -hmm. is really, really fun. And like, and you, you just have this like true sense of like collaboration and camaraderie that maybe exists on production all the time. But since I'm in post, I never get to have that. (laughs) You know, it's like post is, you know, camaraderie but not you know with production so that's really cool and then the other thing too is our offices right across from our stages where we shoot like where hq is and everything so like i get to go to set like if i want to whenever i want to i can just like Uh. on over there and like watch what they're shooting and look at the footage which has been great like on my episodes to go up there and like sit there and get to watch what they're shooting and Mm. um that's how i met nanrissa actually is i went up during 15 Mm -hmm. you know and got to talk to everybody up there you know and it's like this 
really cool sense of like, the other thing is I think everybody really likes making this show. It's a really fun show to make. It's so much fun. And so it's like that and just having a really good vibe, you know, of making something that everybody really likes is is definitely like huge. (laughs) That's so cool. I mean, it's so nice to hear because it does, it reaffirms sort of what, what we already sort of held to be true. And, and certainly with the experiences we've had so far with everyone, I mean, I mean, everyone's just been so lovely, whether, you know, obviously yourself or, uh, or Dean or Drew, or of course, Caitlin and Nrissa. And, you know, it's, we've just been so lucky, I think, um, to, to see that aspect because sometimes it's very easy to, you know, have that kind of, for lack of a better word, worship of the, of the thing, right. You watch the show and you're just so into it and it's like, I'm a fan and you love it. But when you, when you also get the opportunity and and that's one of the things that we hope we're able to do is also share with the rest of the fandom, um, that, that, Hey, you know, here are the people that make this show and, and, and this is, you know, everybody is happy to be making this show and excited. And, um, yeah. And it's fun too. Like in the dailies, like you can tell, um, cause you know, we see everything from between action, you know, like, Mm -hmm. You know, and so like you can you can tell when it's a really good day on set. Yeah. You know, and you can tell when it's not such a good day on set. (laughs) But honestly, like on this show, like that like never happens. It's really it's really fun. Like everybody loves each other. They're always like goofing off and like having so much fun. And it's 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 really cool to see. Yeah, and it's not on every show. It's really cool. Yeah. So speaking of, of having fun, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't ask this question. What are the bloopers like? <laughs> <laughs> they're so good. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, no, they're funny. Like, I mean, it's a lot of it's, you know, just like I said, like people flubbing lines and, you know, people, sure. people goofing off or taking something like too far in a scene, which is really funny. Like if somebody messes up and then they just keep going with it, yeah. um, you know, people giving each other hard times, you know, a lot of like anybody like falling, like nothing like physical necessarily. I just had one recently where somebody walked into a door. (laughs) They tried to open the door and it was a put pull instead of whatever, but they ran into the door. Oh no. (laughs) Uh, I, you know, our, our genuine hope is I know that, that I'm not alone in expressing this is that there is some sort of, you know, physical format release of the show and that some of that stuff gets included because that would be cool. We, yeah, we, we, you know, as, as fans, we would love to see some of that stuff. And, And it's, Especially knowing that some of these episodes, oh, here's something else that I wanted to ask you. I almost forgot. Um, when you do an editor's cut uh, and you're saying like it's the whole script, um, knowing that it's got to be 42 minutes, what's the longest you've ever like done an editor's cut at before? Oh, that's a good question. Okay, so this episode was actually not super long, which because mm. it was so straightforward and it's so like just go, 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 go all the time. There isn't, mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot of fat to cut from it honestly um 15 i think was the longest maybe i know that there's been an episode that's been like usually 12 12 minutes over i think has been like it's been yeah and like i mean i know like for 15 i had to i think i had to cut the most out of that than any episode i think i cut like you know whole whole scenes and like halves of scenes out of 15 there was a lot in 15 um but yeah i think like the pilot was maybe 12 minutes over okay 
Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it would be. And that's one of the things, too, a, you know, because people are hopeful for a physical release is that I think that some of that stuff like deleted scenes or extended versions of the episode would be great to see. And even even if they just, you know, did that on Peacock. And it's an interesting thing because I think and I'd love to hear your perspective on this. But when we've spoken with um, with Dean before specifically, he mentioned the fact that in, you know, a lot of times he feels like that extra stuff doesn't necessarily add to the episode. Like, you know, he always hopes that what you see on the air is the mm-hmm. best version of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm curious from your perspective, you know, do you do you agree with that? Or do you think that there are times when, oh, you know, if we would have had those five extra minutes, that would have been really great? No, I mean, I don't think so. Because a lot of the stuff, it gets cut because you can cut it. Like, there's no, there's nothing, you know, like, you don't necessarily really need sure, it. Like, with sure. stuff in 15 that we cut, a lot of it was just stuff that already, like, you you get it from another part of the episode, right? Yeah. Like, there was like a whole, there was a, um, a scene in 15 where it was like a whole explanation of like why Jen hates courtrooms and like, you know, Mm. and, and, but it's like, you get that from the other conversation that she has, um, with Ben, you know, before they're like walking, you know, when they walk out of the first, I can't think of like what the scene is exactly, but you know, when she mentions, Oh, a a public defender only gets this many minutes with her client, you know, like you, you get, that in other places right right um and a lot of the stuff that we cut it's always jokes (laughs) (laughs) it's always jokes like there's a bit in that in that episode too where um it's the scene where it's like addison and ian they're like oh we got something that can help ben or something and they're like they they're talking about the the knife or no the gun when they discover where the the gun was Mm -hmm. um before that happens there was like a whole bit where they're sitting there and addison talks about oh I'm like so frustrated that I can't be in there. And like, she has a pen and there's like a gag with like, you look like you're going to stab me with a pen. And, like, you, know, <laughs> it, you know, it's just like a cute little moment, but it's like, it's, it's not necessary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I think that again, you know, going back to, to the, to the actors on the show, the nice thing is, is that so much of that kind of playfulness comes across throughout the course of the performance anyway. So like you said, it's not necessarily, it's not something that's essential to telling the story. And, yeah, and I think exactly. it, it's, it's so fascinating because uh, I, I sometimes I'll read comments uh, about the pace of the show and about how, you know, people wish that there was a little extra time or, or that sort of thing. But I, 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 for me, more often than not, I walk away from an episode feeling, you know, very, very fulfilled. Like it's definitely, you know, had the right effect on me because the, the story that's being told is told in, in, in a way that has that speed that lacks, you know, kind of that fat and the emotional core of it is always there. Um, and, and, and I, I think the wonderful thing about the show is it's not afraid to ask questions of the audience, you, you know, and to have kind of that, that ability to say, Hey, you know, we might not give you everything, but we're definitely going to give you enough. And I'd be curious, you know, from your perspective, and especially as it pertains to your work, when you get, you know, when you get some of these scripts or when you get that footage, is that kind of what you're going for? Is the opportunity to just say, like, I don't have to give you everything. I don't have to give you all the answers. I just have to give you enough. Yeah, it's like. Well, for me, because I, I can't, um, I don't write the show, so I can't like technically cut things out of it or make those kinds of that, that, that caliber of decision on this show. But like, it is definitely like we earn our pauses on this show. Like everything is the, the, the DNA of this show, every show is different. The DNA of this show is go, 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 wait. Okay, go, 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 go. (laughs) (laughs) Like like you have the moments 
and there, we do we do pause and we do have those those emotional moments and those emotional beats on this show and they're yeah, earned. It's absolutely. not if we you know made every you know emotion like every scene you could you could do that, but it's just not this. It's just not this show, you know. Yeah. Um, like you know, eighteen, you have like some really nice moments with Ben and Addison, and they might not be super slow. But they are emotional. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it's the same thing with Ben and Ian. You know, at the at the top of the episode, like oh yeah, those, yeah, that too. Yeah, and and, and you know, here's uh, um, I certainly want to wrap things up. Don't want to take too much of your time, but uh, one of the scenes that was so effective for me and, and and really, I mean, just emotionally hit me is the scene where you have the three Ians uh, from across we call the time them the three Ians. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> I was wondering. Now we have. Now we have a term. Um, yeah, it's the three ends. <laughs> the, but with the with the three ends, there's like this. Uh, there. I don't know. There's something about the way that it matches up, and in particular with future Ian, there's something, especially about Mason's performance there. It, it the the weight of it just lands, and mm-hmm. how incredibly important that moment is, both for past and present Ian, and and especially for future Ian, because in my mind. The meaning behind all of this is that future Ian will no longer exist. Yeah, right. You know, they're 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 mm-hmm. literally sacrificing themselves, you know, for the the greater good, and it's such yeah. a beautiful moment. So when you have to put something like that together, how does that work? So that it's real. That's a really good question because usually in a script, it a script is just the lines. It won't give direction. It won't give like cut here or cut to block, you know, it doesn't do that kind of yeah. stuff. Um, th- that was scripted though. And that's very rare. So mm. it was literally like three way cut of the Ian of Ian's yeah. saying this line together. And so we knew from the beginning, like, but that's what it was. So I was like, Oh, well, what is that going to look like? I guess we could just literally do a three way cut and just go as like simple as it's scripted. Right. And so like putting that, together but then like figuring out like oh let's have them you know like come in from the sides and then and then we'll go to the shots of their hands hitting the buttons right and like that was all you know the other part of it too is like chris grismer and his awesome shooting he shoots like so clearly where it's like i clearly see this shot is for that this shot is for that this Mm -hmm. shot is for like i can read you know my goal is to be able to look at his footage and be like this is what he wants yeah. And the, or this is why he shot it this way. And this is what he was envisioning. And so, you know, that he got the close up of the hands hitting the button. Well, we should see that. Right. You know, yeah. and so figuring that out was actually discussion with me and the um, one of the VFX people and was like, OK, I, this is what I kind of want. Can you like temp it so we can get a good look for it? And so then they did that version and then it went through like only like maybe a couple iterations and then we had the look of it. Um, and it, and then, you know, and then also you have the moment right after that, where I interpret it as this is when, you know, future Ian goes away, you know, Mm -hmm. when the camera comes up above and they look up, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and that shot right after that, you know, so it was like, it was, it was pretty clearly laid out, which was good and pretty clearly scripted and clearly shot, but it was just figuring out what does that actually look like the other part of it too is like also the dp like figuring out like or uh, present is blue the -hmm. color temperatures throughout the episode present is is blue and the past is 
you know, golden. And then the future is stark. And that was talked about, you know, from before they even started shooting that that was going to be, you know, what the looks were going to be for that episode. Yeah. You know, that's the, that's one of the things that was fascinating about, and I think it was a little bit more noticeable due to the different time periods Mm -hmm. is, is the way that the lighting and the color palette, Mm -hmm. you know, works to tell that story. Are there times as an editor, when you see stuff that, you, you know, it might be a great take or it might be a great shot, but there's something with the lighting or there's something a little off here. And it's just like, I can't use this. Yeah, there's um, not on this show necessarily, there, but there's always, you know, like there might be a shot where like, oh, the light accidentally goes out in the middle of it. And then you sure. can't even use that one, you know? Yeah. And, and but a lot of times I try, I try really hard to just cut for performance, even mm. if I, and even when it comes to like size of shots and things like that, like, honestly, if somebody's performance is so phenomenal, but it's so phenomenal in a wide and technically like when you have like a really emotional scene, you should be in a close up. Like that's just like kind of a general rule. Right. But if their performance is just killer in the wide, you will be so dialed into their awesome performance. You're not even paying attention to what size the shot is. That's my philosophy with how I cut things. So, so I try to always cut performance. And if there's like some weird thing with like the color temperature was wrong in that um, take, and then they Mm -hmm. got it figured out after that or some setting in the camera was wrong. I usually use that anyway, and they can usually get it fixed in color correction and the online process or VFX later. Um, Another good example would be like, we do a lot of handheld. Yeah. And it can get really like too shaky sometimes, right? (laughs) And so so, (laughs) like some of it is like, oh, that's such a good performance. And I'll I'll put it in for the performance, but then sometimes they're like, we cannot do the shake. You have to switch it out. So then I'm like, I'm like, I'm going to pick the performance I want. Yeah. uh, And then I'll make them tell me to change it. So you speaking of, uh, to me, one of the early kind of iconic moments of the show, uh, is the moment in episode three and somebody up there likes Ben when Ben has the the little monologue to his brother Mm -hmm. in in the jail cell. Mm -hmm. That to me was like, uh, it was kind of like, Oh, here we go. Like this, Mm -hmm. if this is going to set the tone, like this is, this is the show. And, um, I'm curious as to, did you know right away? Like, did you just know it's like, this is the one? Yeah. 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 (laughs) I mean, and usually, usually that's the thing is like this part, part of, of an editor's job and of being good editor. And the thing that you want to strive for is that you just have a good instinct. Like you need to, and some people just have it. It's something that you also need to learn. Mm. Um, I think that you can learn it. Um, I think it's easier for some people than others. Uh, but like, that's definitely like a thing where it's like, yeah, you watch it and you're like, yeah, this is definitely like that's And that, and actually that, that scene for me also, I was the same way where I was like, here we go. (laughs) And the thing is, honestly, I think everybody felt that way about that scene. Uh, Like as it went through all the, you know, it was just like everybody's reaction. That scene was the same was like, this is, this is it. Like, yeah. 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 (laughs) Uh, So, um, I, I, I want to wrap up, uh, but before we do, just because I I think unfortunately, and I've been so excited and so thrilled to to speak with you. And I'm so grateful that you, that you showed up and Mm -hmm. uh, not that you showed up, not that there was (laughs) no question necessarily, but, but I'm, I'm glad you're here is what I'm trying to say. Um, but because unfortunately editors names do not often get the notice that they should or, or, or the, you know, the attention that they so richly deserve. Who are some of the editors to you that like, if you know, their name is on something, you know, you know, that it's going to be good work. Who are some of the people that maybe you've worked with or, or even are currently working with 
Yeah. I'd love to hear some names. Well, let me tell you the names of the editors on this show. So Please do. <laughs> they're great. Ian Mayberry and Christina Castro and Ben Baumgartner. Baumgartner. They're all on this show. Those are the those are the editors for the for the first season. And they are fantastic and um so much fun yeah. to work with. Um and like honestly, like there's just so many editors. <laughs> so <laughs> and like I mean, I, I have like a lot of people. Fortunately for me, like I have mentors, the way that the post production community really works is that, um, it, the, or I guess not always, but post people are very, um, they're very nurturing and they'll, they'll, you have, like I said, you have an assistant editor and, you know, like part of my job is to teach my assistant how to do my job. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> so that, so that, that is like a huge part of my job. Yeah. And so like, that's the thing is like, there are so many editors in my life that I've been fortunate enough when I was an assistant, you know, coming up that I was able to learn from and, you know, and, and gain knowledge from and then I can do my job, you know? And so like, yeah. there's just the, the, that's like a huge thing within the post community is, is just like, like learning from other people and you're constantly learning in this job. Because yeah. you're, you're just constantly getting better all the time. <laughs> I love that. I mean, I firmly believe that when it comes to art and, 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 and I mean, I think this goes for everything to be honest, but I think that it's so true of art is that you really, you, you don't learn it from a book, you know, you do learn it from the people. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that that's one of the things that I love so much about it. Um, you know, I yeah. know that I've had people in my life that have had a huge impact on, on the way that, you know, the way that I work on the way that I live, you know, right. on, on just who I am as a person. Well, um, yeah. Well, and the other thing that people like one little more note about editing too, that people don't realize and maybe now you you know people will now after listening to this but it's like it is an art it's a lot of times we get put with like technical categories you know in award sure. shows and stuff like that but it is an art um it is like the part part of the storytelling process like you said like I'm picking the takes I'm picking what to show when yeah. and the, and what kind of music to play and you know like and the impact that that has on how a viewer sees the story and how a viewer like like, oh, this this is how I want the viewer to feel. So this is how I'm going to, you know, show that, right. you know, is 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 huge. And people don't always realize that about editing, that it is like you said, it, it is an art and it is it is part of the storytelling process. And it's so important. Yeah. I mean, there's such an impact, such a huge impact that you have, obviously, on the performance, like you're mm -hmm. saying, on the pace of the show, on what's important. You know, where do you want the people's eye to go? Because there's only so much that, like, you know, cinematography and a director can accomplish with that. They can certainly give you, like, the, yeah. the guide, right? But yeah. ultimately, it is your choice. And I just think yeah. that that is incredibly amazing. And it's so important. And I have said this, you know, based off of my very meager, basic knowledge of what editing is. I've said <laughs> this. I've said this for a long time now. I firmly believe that this is... Uh, it just an incredibly well edited show. And, and, and there have been moments throughout the course of the season that have stood out to me in, in such a way that's just like, wow, like the way that this works, the way that it all fits together is so impressive to me. And, and so I think that, that you and, and the rest of the team have done such a wonderful job. And, um, thank you. I hope that this like helped, you know, like understanding of it too. <laughs> for sure. I mean, it definitely did with me and I certainly have more questions and I hope we get the chance to get to those some other time. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I just I, I know that you really can't say anything at all, but uh, I, I just want to leave it here. How excited are you for the second season? Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I am currently working on it. Nice. And it's which, really fun. Which episode? Can you tell us which episode? Uh, three. 
Three. Okay. Nice. Yeah. We're staying like in the same, like, so editors do every third episode and we're staying basically, Mm. well, the rotation did get messed up a little, like it got switched around a little bit because we went right into it. Yeah. So like, since I did 18, there's no way I could have done one or two. Right. You know, I have to sure. do the third one again, but it's great. <laughs> nice. Excellent. Well, we're so we're so looking forward to it. And uh, I just again, I can't thank you enough for being here. This has been such a cool conversation and so different. I, you know, that's one of the things that we always want to try to do is just shed light on on the people that are working on the show because we love it so much. Yeah. Thank you so much. We love that you guys are so excited about it. Like the fandoms have the fun. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Piper Cruz, thank you for being here. And again, thank I really you. hope we get the chance to do this again sometime. Yep. Thank you so much much. Absolutely. Thank you once again to Piper Cruz for joining us and uh, again, being so generous with her time. Also want to give a shout out to Nanrissa Lee. Uh, Nanrissa was the one that hooked us up with Piper. And I thought that that was just fantastic of her that she took the time to uh, make that connection so that we could have this interview. Uh, again, I mean, he just, you, you really cannot say enough about the the group of people that are working on this show. Everyone has been so kind, so generous, and their their passion shines through, um, as well as their talent. And so the fact that they're not only sharing their gifts with us through this wonderful piece of entertainment that we so love, but that they're also being generous enough to come on these podcasts, talk to us, um, and uh, you know give us even more information, behind-the-scenes information, and uh, share their gifts in, in other ways is really really, really gratifying. And uh, I love the fact that we're able to share it with you all. So I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Um, It was a blast and I hope to have Piper on again. I know that she is uh, hard at work at season two, but I believe she's worked on two episodes thus far. Um, if I'm right, I think that they're, I think they're six episodes deep at this point, And I think that she was doing episode three and episode six. So um, it was interesting when we spoke, uh, she admitted off mic uh, that she had not seen or even read the, uh, the first episode, I believe uh, she'd seen parts of it or, or, or read parts of the script, but she didn't actually know, um, you know, everything. Thing that was happening, which was funny because, you know, we're just as in the dark, of course, as she kind of was. Um, but it'll be interesting as more details come out about season two. Um, if any do, I know that they're trying to keep things pretty tightly under wraps. Um, other than the fact that we know that Ben is still out there, um, there's not much else, uh, uh popping up. And I think that they're probably going to try to keep it that way, uh, at least for the foreseeable future. Of course, there is one small hitch, which I know that most of you are aware of, and that is the WGA uh, potential for a strike. Um, the union voted overwhelmingly, like, like 98%, uh, I believe, to authorize a strike. That does not mean that there is a strike. It just means that uh, the union is okay. The members are, are saying, like, yes, uh, you know, we are okay with there being a strike if uh, we're not able to come to an agreement in time. So we should know probably within the next week uh, of this episode dropping exactly what's going to happen. It's a pretty interesting situation all around. Um, And I have to say, if I'm being completely honest, I am firmly on the side of the writers. I think that um, they they clearly deserve... 
they deserve to be recognized for their work and properly uh, remunerated for uh, what they're bringing to the table, uh, without which, of course, we wouldn't have any of this stuff to to watch. They are an integral part of that team, that collaboration that goes into creating this art um, in all of its myriad forms. So uh, I, I certainly stand with the writers, and I am hoping that a strike can be avoided. I'm hoping that the, that the studios um, come to the table uh, in the spirit of generosity. Um, not that it's even generosity because again, this is actually what they deserve. So we'll see what happens. Um, it's going to be really interesting uh, how it impacts the show. Uh, that said, it does look like you know we could potentially have half a season um, already uh, completed or near completion um, by the time the strike goes on. Uh, I don't know exactly what the production will look like, uh, if they will continue to actually produce episodes during the strike or if they will shut everything down. I know in the past that has happened. Um, I would assume that that would be the case this time around. We'll see. Um, and hopefully we'll be able to have some more information on that. Obviously, I've had a couple of conversations, very, very, very brief conversations with people who work on the show, um, but I've not wanted to ask too much because I didn't want to necessarily cross a line because obviously there's a lot behind this, um, both professionally and I think personally and emotionally as well. Um, but what I have been able to gather, it, it, again, it, it seems like, you know, if things do not go the way that we hope they do, that, that you know, production would be halted and hope Hopefully we'd be able to get picked back up, um, you know, relatively quickly so that we wouldn't actually experience any break in the season or as happened uh, a while back, for instance, when we had condensed seasons of shows uh, due to the the strike. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. course it's not all doom and gloom over here because uh we know that there are indeed episodes already in the can and i'm sure we're going to get at least something uh before the year is out which will be delightful but of course the more important thing is making sure that the writers uh, are properly compensated for their work and sharing their talents um that's really about all that we have this week um again it has been a long one um, in a lot of ways, and I certainly look forward to bringing you a more standard episode of Fate's Wide Wheel very, very soon. Um, we'll see what we can get together uh, next week because we don't have any more content in the can to to share, so hopefully we'll have a little something for you um, at the very, very least. Uh, but you know, again, I, I just want to uh, thank uh, everyone who has reached out, um, whether you listen to the show, you just happen to follow us on social media, or indeed you work on the show. Uh, if you happen to be listening to this, it has meant a lot um, that people have taken the time to offer their support and their kindness um, when it has been very necessary. Um, and I am working through it. I'm doing okay. Uh, and don't doubt for a second that you all have helped. You have absolutely helped. And I really, truly appreciate it. With all that said, remember, take care of yourselves. Take care of one another. Stay safe out there. And always leap responsibly.
space and time I want to stay, I want to go You see my face but it's not mine But you can see, you'll never know How can we meet if I'm not there? Our hearts may touch, our bodies close Just a child.